Yo, yo, what is happening? It's your boy Roy, and it's another episode of Sync Gems. You hear my dog in the background. She's looking for treats and eating them, and she's drinking actually now. But um, you'll hear the, her in the episode because she was whining like a little bitch, and that's fine too. I love her for it. And hopefully, when she grows up and listens to this, she won't get upset. Anyway, we got Barry Whitaker Ghibli from Energy Music. It's a label that I work with and love working with. They sub-publish with Universal. He has, aside from having an amazing story and having uh, uh, people pulling out guns on him in Russia while he was on a DJing tour, if I recall correctly, he will tell the whole story in the podcast, by the way. Um, aside from that, he has encountered some very, very dark and shady people in the music industry, in the uh, production music industry. And he tells these stories as well and talks to how you as composers, as people who are listening, can avoid these mistakes and these people in general. Uh, we also talk about how production music and music that you would hear on the radio, it's kind of like a closing gap and why so. Uh, we, talk in, we talk about um, the quality elevating AI. We talk about protecting yourself from bad business. And you are going to love this episode with Barry. If y'all want to support this podcast, please go ahead, leave it a five-star rating on Spotify or Apple on your mobile device. This really, really helps to, to, to get it into more ears and to give me an ego boost because I need it. I need that ego boost. Um, I'm kidding. It just makes my day to see y'all's reviews and y'all's uh, uh, shares on social media. So please keep on doing it. Follow the podcast on Instagram, but also on the the um, Apple podcast or Spotify. That also helps. And without further ado, I need to clap us in. We're at it. Barry. Hi. What is happening? I... I'm good, man. How are you? How are you? Oh man, I'm. I'm just. Uh, I'm feeling blessed. I. I uh, was just chilling before this because I wanted to clear my mind before I'm. Before we're having this conversation, um, our conversations in the past have been very. Have gotten very deep. Um, so, <laughs> so I mean, like we're going yeah. deep very quick. <laughs> too deep, too quick. We're gonna we're gonna try and ease ease the listeners in here uh, into yeah. into our rhythm, um, but just yeah. to give a little background, like we met at PMC uh, after I uh, made a track for you and uh, for your label, and um, we just hit it off like right off the bat. Um, you and and your amazing uh, amazing partner Brian, right? Is it, yeah, yeah. Um, and just like I'm. Um, two two amazing people uh, each by their own by their own right and i feel like we've talked about we we got in the funny thing was we got in real deep real fast and i didn't even get your story 
So, <laughs> so I feel like, first of all, thank you for coming on. I'm so grateful to have you here. And thankful thankfully and and second just like let's let's go into your story man and 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 into how you came to become who you are and what you have today music wise artistic wise uh uh business wise and all that kind of good jazz and we can swear by the way uh uh, uh barry was so nice he was asking me if he if if we can swear in the podcast and we for fucking sure can but that's that's reassuring. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way I was going to make it through an hour without without swearing. Yeah. Um, okay. So, I, I mean, basically, my my story is that I started out in um, in bands when I was like 14 years old. Uh, typical story. Got into bands at school. Just kind of. Um, Really, just playing in rock bands. Had really long hair, just like down to my waist, and so yeah, it happened. Um, and um, and then um, had um, had lots of problems with like drummers not never turning up to gigs and rehearsals and, and stuff. And so got into thought I'd start using computers and production because then I'd wouldn't have to deal with drummers, um, which kind of worked. Yeah. Um, and, um, and then from there, I just had this like long process of kind of went from being involved in rock music and bands and things, and then got slowly involved in electronic music, house music, um, started a house music label, Choo Choo Records, um, which just, just blew up like amazingly well. Um, started DJing, was kind of DJing all, all over the world, um, and um, and then um, I was playing a lot in um, in Russia before you know before this this current period of madness, um, and um, was playing a lot in Russia, and just all these like crazy experiences kept happening, um, like anti-terrorist police storming the club that was playing in and, um, you know, and planes catching fire and cars crashing. And it was just like every weekend I'd have a different story. It was, it was amazing. And, um, I, um, I was, uh, I was at, at Medem in, uh, in Cannes. Um, and I was bitching about like getting, getting pe- people pulling guns on me in Russia. And, you know, it was like proper first world problems. You know, it's just like, wow. Oh, I've got to travel around the world and people keep pulling guns on me. And, um, and, um, and KPM, it, I was I, kind of in earshot of KPM, um, at Medem and they kind of, they said, well, well, why, instead of getting all this shit in uh, when you're traveling, why don't you, um, why don't you do, um, a production music album for us, and I, I was like, I didn't, I didn't know who KPM were, I didn't know what production music was. I, I was like, I've got no idea of any of this shit. And, um, and I went back to my publisher at the time and said, oh, you know, KPM want me to do this album, and, um, and they were, they were like, they were mortified because they were, they were well, if you're going to do production music, it's got to be through, through us. And they set up this deal and I did this album and they gave me this little bit of an advance for the album. And 
honestly, I thought it was the best thing that had ever happened. I got like, I, I got a string quartet in, involved and all these amazing musicians. I'm like, this is brilliant. This is, this is wow. fantastic. So I did this album and it, um, off it went. And, um, I just sort of forgot about it. And, um, because I didn't understand that there was there was going to be a delay in seeing any kind of royalties or anything, so I was like, "This is the best thing in the world." There's there's no money, so what what do I do? What do I do now? And I, I just kind of just carried on DJing, and then two years later, suddenly I start to see royalties from this album, and and I'm like, "Oh my god, this is amazing! I, I must do more." So so I did another album two years later, and I, there was just this. I mean, it took like it took probably three albums over I don't know, six years or something for, for the penny to finally drop that I was like, Oh, this is the way this works. It's kind of, there's, a, there's this natural delay, which you no, know, I, I kind of, when I started doing production music, there was, there was no, um, no one really just sat me down and explained it to me. I was just like, you know, I didn't know what was required. I didn't know what I was supposed to do. I didn't know what worked, what didn't work. And, um, and then um, I had this period of time and um, and kind of like fast forwarding through it. I just, I kept doing uh, production music, but I um, I had someone kind of rip me off really badly. And just, I mean, I'm sure we'll get into that maybe a, a bit more, but like, um, and um, you really experienced like a dark side of the industry and just, you know, just people... Um, having real, uh, real bad intentions. And, um, but I kind of came through all that and, um, and, and carried on writing, started writing for, uh, for Universal um, and just got into this, um, this pattern of um, starting to make production music kind of like my, my day-to-day thing. Um, and basically, I mean, basically to, to cut a long story very short, the, Myself and the two other directors of Energy, um, Brian, who, who you met, and Phil, uh, we uh, we all got ripped off by the same uh, person uh, who remained nameless. But um, and um, we um, eventually we because of this we had this this incredible bond, and we we actually started the company together um, due to this bond. You know, we were like. We were this little band of brothers who'd all been ripped off. We'd, we'd all re- really got these kind of war stories of just a real terrible um, side of the business, and um, we, we we started the business uh, from that. So, um, and I mean, I've I've skipped over a, a ton of stuff. You know, go. I got. I've done a lot of commercial sync stuff, done bespoke stuff. Um, and, um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that, that's kind of like, that's kind of the journey. Um, it's, but I mean, it's been over, I started doing production music kind of like 20 years ago, which is, which is a lot. I, I don't know. I don't, I think that just makes me old, but, um, you know. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that's a long time. I mean, I, 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 where was I in 20, 20? 20 years ago, man, I just started playing guitar. So you were already, you were already, uh, um, you were already getting royalty checks. I'm just saying. Um, uh, well, 
something like that. Yeah. Okay. That that works. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, let of course not not exactly in the in this timeline, but um, um, what did I want to say? I feel like it's inevitable to ask the big question about the dark side of of the industry, mm-hmm. and I feel like that's something that we I haven't I haven't even gotten to in this podcast. I mean, like there were guests that were that were speaking about people with um not necessarily the best in mind for the artist for the uh, mm-hmm. uh, composer but i wonder what darkness have you seen along you know, along your uh, uh 20 year uh journey in in this in this uh field i mean i'd i'd say right off the bat i think of all I've been involved in like uh, the commercial side uh, of um, music, um, the specific sync uh, sync side uh, for commercial sync, and I, I would definitely say that production music, it, on the whole, is like it's it's the friendliest, nicest corner of the uh, of the whole music industry. I you know people who like other labels. Um, that that I know are, you know, even even people who you describe as a competitor, we're, we're like we're friendly, you know, we're, we're really we 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 share ideas. We're not. I, I just don't, I don't get the vibes that I do from um, from other elements in the music industry. Um, I mean, what have I seen? Um, th- there's there's just some bad actors out there, you know. There's there there are people who um, are in the main using people who aren't very experienced and um and and they they're just straight up ripping them off and it's either through you know just promising people the world and um and then you know relying on people's you know i don't know naivety um or of um of of wanting everything to work out so they kind of believe people who are just offering them things um I mean, I, I kind of, I'm going to be really careful because I'm not going to name names. Um, but um, there are there are just, I've just had really awful experiences of, of people um, going around the industry and just 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 bleeding people dry for you, you know just taking their music and um, uh, and you know not crediting them or um, or just um, just straight up not paying them you know it's just um it, it's it's bad it happens and um i you know and, and me personally i i've i've had it happen on a on a huge scale you know where um that's happened to me and um and you know i know brian and phil that, that, that it's exactly they've had exactly the same experience um and it just i don't know just it just it just cas- cascades down but there there are it's really difficult i think because it comes down to at the heart of the production music the heart of production music there's there's this balance that you have to to reach which is that you don't overvalue individual tracks but you value the whole of your catalog so if you if you make 10 tracks right and if you obsess about the value that those 10 tracks are going to give you then um you're always going to come up short because it's 
production music is a numbers game. You know, you need you need that catalog, and um, and individual tracks can can have huge placements and and earn huge amounts. But the the way to to have that the lengthy career is to have a catalog that's wide ranging and, and has, has, has been built because that, then the individual tracks will start to build up uh, even small placements. So there is a danger of just overvaluing individual tracks. Some people, the, the bad actors for want of a better phrase, um, they, they, they just try and, Kind of interrupt that process and just um, just want you to um, just give up as, as as many tracks as possible to them, and they'll, they'll, it's the tracks just get lost, you know. And it's just um, it's I mean, it's just it, there are just people out there who um, I mean, I, don't, I I mean, I don't know, may. It, Maybe I've just had a bad experience, but I, you know, I, this, I, I've come across two, three people doing doing this exact same thing, where just taking new writers and um, and just just straight up just lying and and not paying and things. It's it's hard, man. Mm. It's hard. Do you still? So that was in the production music industry, yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, like, yeah. do you still see this done? Do you like, uh, I mean, because today it's more of a social media world and people can ask each other questions right away. And, you know, like p- people are mm-hmm. in touch with people. Um, mm-hmm. Do you still feel like, let's say, what are uh, um, what are red flags you would be looking for as a composer? Mm-hmm. Um, red flags in, in yeah okay so I, I mean I think really the 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 key thing is is that um it, it's just if you, if you could speak to other composers who who are already working with the company um or or the individual I mean I'd I'd have to say actually just I'm just interrupting myself that um I think it's more individuals rather than companies. I, I don't. Um, I, I'm sure that there are com- companies out there, um, but it's just there are. I've had experience of in, uh, individuals who um, are. I think a lot of times they're trying to isolate composers. I think you know maybe a red flag is just tr- just people who are trying to, um, you know, suggest that you don't speak to other people. You know who are because you know that that comes up. Oh, you know, don't. don't it, I mean, it's, it's essentially it's just like being in an abusive relationship. You know, it's it's the the you know oh don't speak to other people. Just 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 keep it between ourselves. All, all this crap. You know, it's just I, it's it's just people acting in in a really abusive way. But when you're they're just taking your good faith and, and maybe a little bit of um i keep saying naivety but i i think perhaps naivety is not not you know because every everyone wants to succeed everybody wants to explore as many options as they can so it's difficult but i think a lot of times you can just if 
if someone's trying to isolate you and try and keep you to themselves and um, not and suggesting that you're not you shouldn't like speak to other writers or, or people who, that, who they're working with then I think I think that's a, a pretty pretty large red flag I think yeah that's something that's something huge that's how um, we we got together I feel like because uh, um, like I've I've done something with Jamie who was on this podcast by mm-hmm. the way. Uh, as well and, yeah. and and he talked so highly of you um and then i was like well jamie is jamie is the guy like i i, I look up to this guy in every every sense and 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 his mm-hmm. just his approach to life and everything is something that i admire shout out to jamie mm-hmm. if, if he's listening uh but um <laughs> but when he told me about you so he spoke about you in such an uh, like in in a no-brainer kind of kind of way which was um a few episodes ago i keep bringing this episode up with eric because uh eric is is a very good friend and a, a composer he was in pmc as well and we were talking about people who are willing to put other people's name on the line for their mm-hmm. name to be uh, uh, and risking their name being hurt like you know yeah, yeah. so, so um, I don't know if I'm putting it the correct way, but let's say he put your name in front of him saying like, these guys are amazing. And basically like what I heard from him was I'm willing to put my name, my signature on telling you Mm -hmm. that these guys are amazing. Um, and, and, And so when you get to work with them, you got my signature. And, and so he's putting his, um, his faith in you in such a way that conveys to me that it's a no-brainer to work with you, um, mm-hmm. which which was to me it was like amazing. Once I put a face to a name, it was like oh, hell yeah, you know, like it it, it, it made everything <laughs> really? so easy. That's why I love like uh, um, connecting with people in in reality as well because of just because of that because I feel like. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of misunderstanding in something like an email or in like a, a or in or in questions or in uh, um in writing in general it's just like somebody can mean something just a few days ago somebody wrote me something about my podcast and i just didn't know how to take it so i just mm-hmm. left it alone uh, um yeah. and i i commented a very very positive comment and left it alone but then like as i came back to it i realized maybe uh, he probably didn't mean it in a cruel way you know like i i just want to give people the benefit of the doubt but that's why i like i feel i feel like meeting people in in person can can give such a huge significance to a relationship and also to the certainty of working with them because in the end of the day like i feel like i'm not a machine in the end of the day i want to i want to make friends as well and and yeah so but I mean, also the, th- the fact is, I think we all want to work with people that we like. I, I think it, I think it's basic human nature. You know, we we want we want to work with people and be around people that we can actually relate to, and that you know we we kind of feel that that kind of connection to. Um, you know, to go back to Jamie, I mean, J- Jamie is an absolute superstar. H- him and Tom um, are such such good people, and. It's like you know, I'm really pleased. Like you know, he he said he said what he did. He did you know about recommending us? Because to be honest, from my point of view, we 
I've been and like we've been ripped off so badly. It's like just horrendous um, to to the point of like destruction, like tens and tens of thousands just like stolen. That um, I'm like, I just want to be right with people. I don't, I don't want there to be a gray area. It's like, right, th- this is how we're going to deal with people. We're going to deal with them in, in, in the right manner. So, and, and because of that, I want to be working with people that I like. And it, it's, it, it needs to be that kind of just, I want to have a relationship with, with everyone connected to, to the business where we're actually, um, you know, we can call ourselves friends and we're, and we're actually, even though we're doing business and, you know, there's, there's still business transactions that are going on. We're all, st- we're doing it in a really friendly manner. Cause it, to me, I just think, you know, like I'm not, you know, let's be honest. We're not like mining lithium or something. We're not, we're not, this is, it's the music industry. It's, it's a business, but it's still creative. We're still being creative. It's, you know, there's a beauty to this. It's it, it. Let's not it because it's a business. We don't need to suddenly turn it into something where you know, like it's a Victorian fucking factory or something, and we're all just you know grey and and staring at the wall. It's just it can still be something beautiful. It can still be something creative. Yeah, and it can um, also it can also it can also go to the darker place that you were talking to, which is it, it's it's just like that's where that's I feel like the kind of thing that is it's the underlying theme of humanity right now at the moment it's just like things can go can be so absolutely wrong in the world but uh, um that being said there is something to lean on like when there is something like creativity to lean on it's so yeah. much uh um it's it's so comforting man like in times of Man, there there have been in the in the past few weeks there has, have been very t- times of very deep grief for me, and I find myself um, going like, oh my god, I'm 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 actually so grateful that I have an outlet that I have a late and that I'm working with a label on an album about superheroes because I feel like I'm going through it right now and I can talk to them about it, you know. So it's just like, uh, um, uh, um, and and that's that's the the beauty of of that side of feel of it, of, of just people being able to, to be people in this, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh. Yeah. I think, I think though, you know, it's like, there's so many, there's so much darkness. There's so many real people with, with, who are just on that dark side that, that actually, you know, in really simplistic terms, it, the, the good people have got to stick together because, you know, if we don't, if we if we don't recognize that in in one another, then we're fucked. We, we're just fucked. It's just we, we we've we've got to actually work together, and we, we we've got to try and stick together because there is just so much darkness. Mm. It's just you know, turn the news on for like five minutes. It's just it's just horrors. It's, uh, give me one one minute, and I'm I'm depressed already. Exactly. It's just there's just uh, just there's the stupidity of people. Just the 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 evil. It's just fucking. Mm. How do you so like? How do you see the? Let's say moving forward. How um how would an ideal 
production music industry look to you? Um, I mean, I think, um, I don't know about an ideal one. I, I think the one that we're, we're starting to get at, at the moment is, um, we're, we're getting a situation where, um, there is starting to be, um, some pressure from, um, AI created, uh, music on, on specifically on what would be classed as royalty free music. Um, so, you know, your, um, your POM fives and, 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 and sites like this, I think there is starting to be, um, some pressure on like the, um, what would traditionally be regarded as kind of like the lower tier of, of production music. Um, that's not to say it's bad music. It's just like, you know, the things that aren't generating performance royalties, things that are just people are using on, um, on buyouts, um, on like micro licenses or whatever. Um, there's starting to be more pressure on um, the, the the bottom end of the um, of the industry. What in terms of what what could be um, a, a perfect situation for it is that I think um, there there's more and more quality coming through in in production music. I, that is just play playing his day and i i think um I, I you know i just i just obviously i just think that's a, that's a good thing i think um you know my 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 pet hate is when people say um about you know some some rough demo or some rough version it'll be like oh it's 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 good enough for library i mean or or even worse is it's too good for library too good for production music which is like Oh my god, that is just to me. That's just that's fighting talk because you know you could the the quality that's needed now for for production music. People don't want music that kind of sounds like you know some some guy sat in his bedroom just having a having a go at I don't know um, just some guy. Oh. I've, Today I'm going to write some some future bass, and then tomorrow I'll write some hip hop, and then maybe I'll do some some jazz the day the day after. People, it's just it's pretty rare that, that that stuff's flying because people want the authenticity. You know, it it needs to be because there's this downward pressure on the um, on like the bottom tier of um, of production music. The, what's really coming forward is the, is the quality, is the is the songs, is the you, you know the the really well produced hip hop about superheroes that's got lyrics that are perfectly that, that just sounds like it it could be on the radio, but then the the lyrics are just tuned so it just, it just works perfectly for sports and it'll it'll work in sports montages and it'll it'll work in advertising that's what people want you know they don't want people just having a go at um at various kind of styles of, of production music it's it's that it, it's the quality that's coming through the songs the, the the things that just sound like it could be on the radio it should be on the radio mm. that, that that's what people want yeah, that's 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 an, a discussion that's been coming up for sure that that now, like a lot of libraries that were going for uh, quantity over quality are now switching their model, 
which is super interesting yeah. to see because also like the license, uh, the industry, because of all the strikes and all that, uh, uh, went more towards the the um, the blanket license uh, direction, mm -hmm. and just like seeing those two different things happening at the same time, it was so. Yeah. Um, it was a bit like a mind fuck to me, but but it it makes total sense, and I'm I'm I, I feel I feel that it's 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 a great thing, in my opinion that that not anyone can just go and and write a, a, a melodica melody a whack and there are cool melodica melodies but like a whack melodica melody but it's through some saturator and and make like hundreds of thousands of dollars over it um which will still happen here and there but i feel like now there's something about like something in the in 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 that i feel in the industry that is hungry for just like depth and quality and lyrics and things that mm -hmm. uh, uh, make people feel something. So there's there's more of that I feel like to it, which is it, it's a great thing. It's it's fresh, yeah, for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. And and it's the the focus on quality can only can only be a good thing. It's and I I think with COVID and um, the fact that you know at a stroke the the whole. Uh, uh, gig scene and touring and, and and the amount of musicians who just like suddenly lost lost their income stream uh, when when covid hit uh, well when the lockdown started meant that a lot of, there was a lot of kind of fresh blood came into production music and um it's i think they've kind of that just out of nowhere that just infusion of fresh blood and, and people who, who haven't been doing this for 20 years, who haven't been doing this for 10 years, um, actually was a really good thing um, because because of the, the delay in the uh, the kind of payment structure for, for production music, a lot of those people won't probably stick around because, you know, the, the gigs started to happen again, the tours started to happen again. So they, they kind of went back to the, the original um, careers. But... Obviously, there are there are still people who kind of just came into it then and kind of went well, a bit like me, you know. When you know, instead of getting shot at, they were like, mm, "This is this is kind of this is kind of nice," you know, doing this in my, in my light, nice little warm studio, um, and um, and I, I think that's a that's a real um, a real positive thing because they brought um, th they brought all the sensibilities and the the authenticity. Uh, of the the music styles that they were writing anyway, they they brought they've added that to what was there already. Yeah, and and I think you know if you if you kind of you go back to um, the when like uh, a label like um, Extreme started when Extreme kind of came into production music, the one thing they brought was aside from like. A, a fuckload of attitude they they brought this real authenticity about everything you know and and it was i think it was a bit of a shock to the system for for a lot of the other libraries and i mean i do think kind of like now a, a lot of the libraries have kind of gone above and beyond what um extreme were doing um i, th I think universal certainly have and the the, the uh, labels with universal and 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 others but it's just just keeping production music on that. The key thing is 
the the authenticity because what you don't want is you don't want music that that sounds like something that you can clearly identify as production music it's like it shouldn't be it's just music the only thing that determines it being production music is the licensing terms you know if if you're like oh yeah that that sounds like production music it's like well you've sort of failed It's not, it, there's no such thing. It's not supposed to sound like production music. Yeah, all right. There's certain, there's certain arrangement styles and there's certain ways of using edit points which are clearly identifiable as production music. Okay, yeah, that's fair enough. But in terms of like a style, in terms of the quality, there should be no way of determining whether or not it's production music or, or it's a commercial release. Yeah, 100%. I, I mean, there's... There's nothing I can add to that. It, it's, it, it's so perfectly said, and um, and yeah, and that that gives me hope. And also, you know, people uh, it, to my argument to this is people who have been in vans and in uh, touring buses and and all all these things, and then DJs that travel around the world that have yeah. really demanding schedules, like these people work like mad people you know it as a dj you know like going to la for three days it just doesn't fucking make sense it's just like it doesn't mm -hmm. and being able to come back home and maybe get a nice check from universal or a nice uh, a nice streaming check or a nice uh, um or or a nice royalty check or whatever so you can sit at mm -hmm. home and take that and 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 take all that jet lag that you have in your system right now and just go watch a movie, go uh, um, clear your mind for a few days. Cause I know too many people who cannot do that, cannot afford to do that. And uh, yeah. I, I feel like production music is something that can enable that in the long run. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so. I, I, I think it, it is, it's a, it's, it feels like, it's a very nice, calm area of the, of the, the music industry um, without it being like this twee um, area where, you know, it's, it's so far removed from commercial area, uh, commercial music. I, I, I don't think, I don't think that's the case at all. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's everything you said is, is exactly that. Do you, do you see, um, is there are there any mistakes that you see a lot of composers make in this industry right now? Um, or anything yeah, specific I mean, that comes out? Yeah. Anything specific? I I, I think um, I think people can um, kind of what what I was speaking about before. I, I think there is a tendency sometimes for composers to overvalue individual tracks and not see the actual value in, in the wider catalog. I think that, that, that can, that can, that can really play out. People get very, um, hung up on individual tracks, um, when, um, it can be, um, it can be an issue. It can, it can, it can create issues where they're, they're really like these, five, 10 tracks or whatever, they, they think they're going to earn, you know, absolutely a, a fortune from these tracks. Whereas really it's the, you know, it's the body of work that you build up over like 
you know, years. That's what that's what's going to earn you the money. It, it's uh, it's it's kind of, it's a weird. It's a bit of a head fuck, really, because you've got to kind of like think right. Each individual track has got to be the best thing that you can do. Absolutely, the best thing that you can possibly do. But then ignore all the individual tracks, and it's just about the body of work. It's just like well, which, which one? And it's like well, it's it's both. Unfortunately, it's it's you've just you've got to just get into that habit of just you know making the music right writing the tracks making music getting them released on on, on good labels and um I, and just you know just constantly constantly improving i mean to, from a technical point of view issues that we that we see um the, i mean i think sometimes there's a tendency to um to ignore what the music's going to be used for because alongside um you know the fact that you're i mean it's 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 so it's so bipolar because you know i'm I'm saying on the one hand right it's got to be it's got to sound authentic it's got to sound like something on the radio but then along comes this other demand which is but at the same time you've got to think that your superhero uh, hip-hop uh trike well it's the it's more than likely going to be aimed at like sports montages uh, and advertising. So it's got to have the edit points so that the the music editor can can cut it cleanly. And you've got to bear in mind that you know the the other versions are, are going to have voiceover uh, on there. So you've got to make sure from a from a mix point of view, it, it's kind of like it's it's smooth, and you're not going to have frequencies that are just going to really collide with the with, with the voiceover. So we do see um, with uh, with composers, especially new composers, they don't pay enough atten- attention to the detail of what the, the track's going to be used for, of what the end result is going to be. So that we have to kind of go, okay, but like you've you've delivered this amazing track. Right, and you know, you look at it on screen, and it's like this big blue shit. Solid solid wall is the turn. Yeah, massive. Yeah, and you're like, okay, so where's the edit point in there? And you're like, well, there's 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 no edit point because it's just it's full on. It's just, and it's like, well, so unless someone's going to do use your entire track over two minutes, they're just going to do a really hard rude edit on on the two track and. Um, it's going to sound like shit. And then on the other hand, they've got another track that's got the clearly defined edit point. And they're like, well, but that track, maybe maybe your track's better, but this other track's going to sound better when it's cut to, to picture because it, it's easier to edit. So we have to kind of, we, we kind of go back a lot of times with, um, with composers and ju- uh, and just kind of like use reference tracks and say, okay, just look at the way this is arranged. Look at the way this has been uh, been done. You know, is that something? You know, could, is that something you could bring into your your track? Is that something you could you could bear in mind? Um, and um, and it's, I mean, it's just, I think it be, it becomes like just muscle memory for people. It's just, I, I think you, you just get used to it. It's like, you know, when people are writing trailers, right? Tra- Trailer music, like three, four act structure, really clearly defined uh, arrangement. It's like you don't listen to ten, ten trailers, and it's you, you can you can hear the arrangement clear as day. 
with production music, it's a little bit different because obviously it's not not such a rigid structure, but you'll still you'll still hear those edit points. You'll still hear the way that you know it starts, it builds, it, it drops, and th- there's just moments where it's it easy to to cut in and out. Um, and I think composers that's the mistake, I guess that they don't in terms of being authentic it kind of goes so far that they they don't bear in mind what the the end use is going to be so it's just those those things of just balancing those two requirements i guess mm. yeah man so much there so much there that's that's something i will go back and listen to a hundred times because it's it's uh it's just a reminder, you know, like that. Uh, the, and and as you were speaking, I was thinking about like the debate that's going on in like EDM and stuff like that, where you know people in EDM like their tracks t- very dirty, uh, just mm-hmm. to, to um, yeah. so to speak. And and um, by the way, sorry, you can hear my dog in the background, and it's okay. Um, but it, that's for the listeners. You already know. But um, uh, what did I want to say? Oh, so so. There are people who say, yeah, you can still have your track uh, uh, looking like it clips, but it's not. But there's there's like such a a weird um, a weird feeling in 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 certain um, s- some people say, yeah, your track can t- it can kind of look like that and look like this. But in in general, I what I find and what I've heard a lot of professionals or a lot of really people I I regard very highly say they would rather a track with lower uh, volume and more dynamics and then what they can do is they can just like up the volume a few dBs and and they're good than to have a completely compressed tracks uh, a completely compressed tracks a uh, uh, track that that basically does you've already done what Spotify does to it so it kind of limits the options of somebody who's touching it. So that's something yeah. something I kind of hear. One one last thing I'm interested because we were talking off off air on that. Um, y- you were talking about starting to get into the business more um, when after you you got uh, um, basically fucked over and um, and we were talking offline about how how do you structure business and art since you've started to get into business? And that's really interested to me. Um, yeah, I mean, I think um, I, I'd always, because we started the, um, the, the record label kind of um, like 25 years ago, I guess. Um, so I kind of, I had a grounding in, the music, the business side of the music industry, but even back then when I was, when I was DJing. So it sort of, it sort of came quite natural to kind of move into commercial sync and then, um, and then eventually into the business side for um, the production music and for, for wider things. I think, I mean, the way I do it is I, I, I really struggle with the, uh, just the, the idea of mode switching where, you know, someone can be like, on business one second and then the next they're, they're in full creative mode. I, I just, I, I just struggle with that. I can't, um, I just get really distracted and I, I don't feel that I can particularly focus on either. So what I do is I, um, I block out periods of time where it's going to be like 100% business. It's going to be admin and calls and, and just, um, 
purely uh, business things and then a period of time where it's just going to be music it's just going to be creativity um and i i just find if i if i kind of approach it like that the two kind of sit really really happily together um and um but if if i'm trying to just switch between the two then um no it's just a, it's just a nightmare i that that just it just doesn't work because it, it, it's like I I can kind of I can do the business thing regardless, but it's the creativity. That's that's the point where uh, I I have the issue where I can't I, I can't switch into that mode if if I'm still thinking about you know sorting something out from on a on a business uh, business footing. Yeah, that's that's super interesting. That's something I'm I'm definitely 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 grappling with as we speak. Just like how to divide this artistry with uh, um, with the uh, admin stuff, with emails, with all these things. It's just very interesting and has to be done mindful to be sustainable. So yeah, I'm grateful for you saying that for sure, hundred percent. I th- I think as well though. I I think it it is always a balance, and I think it is always it, it is always. I think it's difficult for most people. Let's put it like that. But I do, I, I do, um, I do really firmly believe that uh, as artists and as, as as composers, whether or not you're involved in production music or not, if you're involved in any part of the music industry, the more informed you can be about the business side of the industry, the be- better you will do because you're you're protecting yourself against the scams and the people who are bad actors and just just wanting to um just wanting to rip you off and because you know it's like through, throughout my career the amount of people who who've you know said like oh my my dad's going to manage me or um or or this guy that that we met down the pub he's he's going to manage me and it's just like oh my god like why why are you giving over such an important part of your career um just to someone who's got no more experience than you probably less experience than you just because you don't want to have to deal with it you, you don't want to have to just you know spend the time actually um reading about um how how the business works about about how how you can really evaluate what's what's going on in the business i i used to um there were i'd come across people who'd be like oh you know i i don't sign contracts um and and you'd be like what what do you mean you don't sign contracts what no, no. really yeah and they and they'd, they'd always cite some like um some artist from like 50 fucking years ago would be like oh no I, I i never signed a contract it's like and you're like okay that's great and, and you know i'm not here to judge your art you be as creative as you want that, that's amazing but don't expect to engage with the, the the actual business side of the music industry if you're not willing to actually play along by their rules if you're not willing to sign the contracts if you're not willing to to have the publishing deal to to do this to do that um and it's it seems to be like there's no requirement for for anyone to give up their art for for the business side of things because there's not none whatsoever the only requirement for them to understand it is if they're expecting to make any money from it it's that that's that's the only that's the only point you know you you can 
you could very happily make music for all your life. As long as you don't want to, you've got no interest whatsoever in making any money whatsoever, fucking you go for it, you know? Just, you, you don't need to engage with the music industry. But when, when, you, when you do you know, engage with the, with the music industry, then you're going to be expected to sign the contracts and, and to understand what, I mean, we, you know, we get it now. I, it's like um, the, our, our contract, uh, our main composer contract is like, it is the most straight up fair contract I, I, you, you could ever wish to see. It is just, um, it's like proved by Universal. It's like, it, it's, it's absolutely watertight. It's, it's the same contract that I sign. The, the other directors uh, of the business sign. We've we've all got the same contract. There's not anything that changes on this contract, and yet we still have people who are, are like, oh, I, well, I, I can't I can't sign this contract. I, I be, and they'll, they'll give some bullshit reason, and, and you're like, but this is the the issue here is you you're not experienced. You don't know what you're signing. You know. Um, and and suddenly you're hampering yourself because you just don't understand. It's not it's not there's a there's a problem with the contract. It's just the problem is is you've got no experience of the business side of things. And and just I'm not expecting everyone to to be like to to know everything about the music the the business side of the music industry. But just that little bit that little bit of knowledge just goes so far. Just an understanding. You know, actually, actually, what is production music? What, what, what's, what's a publishing deal mean? What, uh, what, what are these licenses that are going to be a, a applied to music? Just, just understand it. You know, real simplistic terms. Um, there's a, there's a. I always name check this because it's, it's to me this is this is golden. There's a book by Dan Graham, right, called Com the Composer's Guide to to Production Music, or Composer's Guide to Library Music. Honestly, it is fucking gold, right? This 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 book is absolutely amazing, and uh, we, I just, I recommend it to everyone, right? Everyone who's interested in production music. The first thing, if someone says to me, "Oh, I'm, I'm interested in getting getting involved in production music," I'm like, right, read this fucking book, because it's just it explains everything, and it, and it's such a it's such a gentle but really deep dive into the business side of, of the industry. And it's just, it, it's, it's perfect. I mean, I, I genuinely, I, I should get royalties from, from Dan because the amount of times I recommend, recommend it to people. But yeah, I, it's, it's, I think it's just, um, just that bit of knowledge goes so far. It just helps you so much. Dan, if you're listening to this, uh, please, Hit your boy up with a few, uh, a few tens of thousands <laughs> of dollars, because he probably made you that. You need to get down on the podcast. This, this, yeah. this is what needs to happen. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I'm hoping to do that. I'm hoping to do that. It, it's, it's something that I feel like he's such a, a, a big person to me. He's such a big per personality that I feel like uh, an interview like that would just happen by itself, if that makes sense. Um, and w the connection will be made down the line, but. Uh, I, I'm not gonna rush it, and I yeah. know it's gonna happen some sometime. And I'm so grateful for you being here and just like sharing your absolute uh, uh, fire here because 
Uh, um, not many people have talked about the things that you've you've you were able to to lay out here. So I'm super grateful for you. Um, what what what? Um, something I'd like to ask before I leave is, what are you currently grateful for? Um, what am I currently grateful for? I am grateful. Um, I'm extremely grateful for um, my life here um, in um, in Portugal. I'm I'm very um, I, I'm extremely grateful for um, for all that that's connected to that. Um, I'm also really grateful for um, and it might sound a little bit cheesy, but my um, my business partners Brian and Phil um, because I think us getting together and meeting through having been ripped off so badly was so powerful. That, that shared experience um, has really forged something really, really nice between the three of us. Um, and, um, and so, I mean, that just made, that makes me really grateful for, uh, for the business. Um, and cause it's just, you know, I, I get to talk to, to really cool, cool people, listen to really cool music, make music. I mean, it's, it's not a bad life. You know, it's like, I've got, I've got a 35 kilogram puppy who's like lumbering around trying to destroy everything. You know, I've got, I've got my wife here. It's just, uh, yeah, I'm, 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 I am, I feel, I feel extremely grateful. I, I, I do feel very blessed. Man, that comes out, and I'm so grateful to have you on, and I'm so grateful to have you in my life. Thank you so much, Barry, for coming on.